fantastic. <laughs> this abortion law goes beyond a woman's issue and it goes beyond anything you can ever imagine. The societal implications of this are going to be insane. The amount of uh, just pain and damage this is going to cause and the full ability to tell a woman what she can and can't do with her body. And we're going back into a Handmaid's Tale society here. My choice! My choice! My choice! Brace yourselves, ladies. My heart is just broken. I don't understand why this country hates women so much. We'll get through this. We'll figure out a way. Angry! This is atrocious! This is war on women! How Hallelujah! Dare the Supreme Court do this! Praise the Lord! Kavanaugh! Bless your heart! Gorsuch! Women will die! But as long as it fits your Christian blessings narrative, it must be correct! White women of privilege will still have access! Poor working mothers will not! <laughs> oh, the prophets of Baal oh. agree. They uh, they absolutely are, Kyle. This is uh, this is one of the funniest things. Um, I know that really this is this is a time period uh, where a lot of serious things are going on. But mm -hmm. oh my goodness, isn't it amazing and beautiful to see the servants of the devil in such a fit and an outrage? Um, man, they're like I, I, that's hardly human behavior. I was going to compare them to two year olds throwing tantrums, but that's an insult to two year olds. <laughs> Well, it makes you get, get a little perspective on things like the impractory psalms. It <laughs> really people, does. The, the way they <laughs> rage about the fact that their right to murder isn't even Let's gone, but it's just hmm. under threat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're they're absolutely outraged. And it's like they're really their behavior is like. The, the better description, not two-year-old behavior. This is like chimpanzees flinging their feces everywhere at the zoo. Um, <laughs> because uh, what we've seen, oh Kyle, goodness. and we'll talk about this more in the episode, but, um, oh, man, we're, we're seeing them just kind of throw anything at conservatives now that they think might stick. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, not to be too vivid with that analogy, but uh, I, they really are. Like It's like January 6th. Bro, how does January 6th even relate to this topic? It doesn't. Um, they're really just they're, – they're in such an outrage that – and they don't even know where to go with this because I, deep down I think they didn't uh, believe that the Supreme Court would overturn Roe. I don't believe that they thought No, that. no, they didn't. And they also – I mean it's an – abortion is an idol to them. Roe v. Wade is, is, was an idol to them. Shouldn't say is because it's gone. It was an idol to them. This is a religious it really moment. It's a re it is yeah. a religious victory. It was a spiritual battle. And we saw an idol of a false religion come under attack. And they, how are they responding? They're responding like someone who just had their, their God challenged. Again, the, it's the prophets of Baal. And it's we're in an it, Elijah it, moment. And we're looking down on that and going... <laughs> Where's it is Roe like the Wade? prophets of Baal. Is he the prophets himself? of Baal. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it really is like the prophets of Baal. If the prophets of Baal were like much lower IQ and significantly, um, significantly less intelligent, because on the responses that we're getting, there's just not a hint of common sense to any of them. I know that's been lacking, 
in our culture um, for for quite it's been some time. In the culture. Oh yeah, it's it's but, absolutely been lacking in our culture. But it's like really, oh, yeah. guys. Like, oh my goodness, the the tantrums um, that we've been we've been seeing. I am oh, just. Yeah. I am. I, I first of all, let's before we start getting into the meat of this episode. <laughs> Let's just praise God for a moment that Roe versus Wade was overturned yeah. because um, we well, are getting it's, it's evil. It's, it we're getting such primetime entertainment here with mm. the leftist <laughs> responses. We really are. Um, we we don't deserve this good of entertainment, but the Lord provides. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, praise God for that. Um, but pr- in in all seriousness, praise God that there's an opportunity now um, for this first step towards the abolition of abortion. Oh yeah, I mean, abortion is murder, and it would the only good, truly good result would have been the Supreme Court going, no, abortion is murder. There is no constitutional anything. There's no state anything. It's murder. And, yeah, yeah. You know, when they threw it back to the states, they threw it back with that message, guys. This is already illegal. It is murder, and that was the end of it. All right. What and, we did and was let's... we got rid of a horrifying precedent in the courts that should be gone. It's good that it's gone. But all it did was gave a little bit of momentum. You know, the ball was advanced 10 yards down the field. We got a first down. But there's 80 yards left to go before we we score. Yeah, so we got a yeah. lot of work when it comes to ending murder of babies. We do, but- and um, we're going to get into that, and we're also going to get into the woke responses of the uh, mm-hmm. of the big evangelical establishment, um, the soft woke responses, mm-hmm. I should say, but they're hardly disguised. I mean, at this point, come on, really. Um, we're going to get into all of that to, in in today's episode, so stay tuned with us. Uh, you're watching the Wokepedia podcast. Welcome to the Wikipedia Podcast. I'm Kyle Witt. And I'm your host, Micah Sample. And we have got a, you know, a, a cause to celebrate today. Amen, brother. Roe v. Wade has been overturned. Now, as we we're talking before the we started the episode, that's not it. That is not the end of abortion. That was a piece of momentum it got rid of a barrier that a lot of people respected despite it not actually being law it is a good thing that it is gone it gives us a great opportunity it also shows something is changing or at least happening in the culture but the woke within the church are responding in a way to shift that momentum and that's being a generous you know putting it in a generous yeah. way yeah so they, they absolutely are kyle i mean the the responses that we're seeing from them they're, they're taking no responsibility um for what they've <laughs> been doing for the past however long i mean man they've been working against our cause of abolition for for uh, of the abolition of abortion mm-hmm. for so long really i mean effectively 
uh, you've got guys like Michael Ware and Justin Gaboni of the end campaign. You've got, um, I mean, you've even got people who are big in the Southern Baptist convention um, who have been basically working for the Democrat party um, to try to get people to vote for people <laughs> who are pro infant murder, pro unborn infant uh. murder. I mean, and these are the same guys who are trying to trying to make it look like they're a little bit more conservative now. And and they're kind of happy about Roe versus Wade. But really, like, it's it's the right wing conservative biblical Christians that that are the problem still. Mm -hmm. We're going to get into some of these responses, folks. And um, I I just think when before we actually delve into what they say, we've got to establish the fact that. Life is more important than quality of life. You you can't have quality of life. In fact, if you don't have life at all, so 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 let's let's establish uh. that and let's all agree that that's the case. Kyle, I think you agree with me on that. I, I think that's just common sense. Where yeah, if if you are the, a fan the, of common sense, issues. you're going to be a fan of that idea. Yeah, and and so so uh. we're going to establish that one. And then secondly, we're going to establish the fact that things like January 6th don't have anything to do with um, with this cause. And so when people are trying to throw these other issues uh, at us as if they're relevant to baby murder, our response should be, are you out of your mind? That's That's not relevant to whether or not you obey God's command, thou shalt not kill. So let's just, yeah. we'll establish those two facts as as the basis uh, upon which we're going to be evaluating some of these things, and and then we can kind of get into that. But Kyle, uh, yeah, yeah, got any thoughts there? Well, I mean, just, just my thoughts are, and we're going to see this. One one thing I want to to add to that is look at how they talk about uh, babies. And it's going to be almost exclusively talk about the mother and pregnancy mm. is going to be talked about almost as negatively as pro-abortionists talk about it. We're going to see the same kind of rhetoric of pregnancy as almost a disease or that women are victims of pregnancy, or at least some sometimes they're victims of pregnancy because of circumstances. Mm-hmm. And so just keep that in your, in your mind as you read some of these responses and what they're advocating. Yeah. Because they're not advocating. They're not, they don't seem to actually be happy that baby murder is. There's some momentum to get it ended. Yeah. Yeah, they want to talk they're about something else. Not they have a different that agenda. Roe versus Wade was overturned. I mean, it, let's let's think about Phil Vischer. If you it, guys, we're, we're, we'll do an episode on Phil Vischer here sometime soon. But uh, he's on the list. If if you look at <laughs> yes, if, if you look at our um, website, if you look at Wikipedia, um, and you you look at our Phil Vischer episode or not episode, but our Phil Vischer profile slash article, um, you're going to see. Um, these talks that he's done with a guy named Sky Jathani on what is it? The Holy Post podcast or whatever? The Holy um, Post podcast. They yeah, the Holy Post podcast. Holy. Yeah, no, it's not. Um, the, 
and, and they're talking about how, you know, really like Roe versus Wade isn't as important. And when Democrats are presidents, actually abortion numbers go down. Like this really, really stu- these really bad and uneducated talking points that are based on um, really poorly derived statistics that are, quite frankly, um, inaccurate. Uh, portrayals of what's going on. And regardless mm-hmm. of whether they're accurate or inaccurate, it's irrelevant to the fact that murder should be illegal, regardless of whether everybody else is going out and murdering um, while it's illegal or not. It, it needs to be, um, there needs to be a legal standard set against things like that. So mm-hmm. baby murder <laughs> being the law of the land, they're okay with that fundamentally. So when you, when we read these things, uh, it looks like Kyle's going to pull some of these up. It, it, it it, we're oh, yeah. going to read. You started talking some, about um, Phil Vischer, so I, I put I put that one up already. Okay, perfect. Well, yeah, let's let's break this down. Let's go through um, and talk about what's going on with Phil because it's it's pretty clear where his position is. But he's trying to he's trying to make it sound like he's he's happy that Roe versus Wade is overturned. But I, I get the sense that he's not. What do you think? Well, okay. Let's just let's just read what he said. And they, they all have to start with some sons who are like, I'm happy that it ended. <laughs> but we'll put it this way. They say, I'm happy, but. And whenever you say, yeah. I'm something, but, you're kind of, you're putting a qualification there. What's his qualification? So happy that elective abortion, I don't know why he put it that way. That's a red flag to me right there. Happy that elective abortion yes. through viability is no longer the law of the land. So he's putting hmm. weird caveats on it right off the bat that seems to say he's he's okay with certain stages of abortion. Uh, curious to see if actual net reduction exceeds... Uh, gut mockers. Gut mockers. Gut mockers, is that how you say that? Uh, 12% estimate. Oh, we're going to get some German very angry at us. Uh, <laughs> concerned that SCOTUS issued rulings this week uh, that will reduce death by abortion, but increase death by gun. So he, he oh. shifted the goalpost. Oh. He's like, I'm yeah. happy that abortion has ended, but gun violence. What? Yeah, because it's it really, really gun violence is the thing that we got to be worried about. Not, okay, perfect. Well, yeah, let's, let's break this down. Let's go through um, and talk about what's going on with Phil, because it's it's pretty clear where his position is, but he's trying to he's trying to make it sound like he's he's happy that Roe versus Wade is overturned, but I, I get the sense that he's not. What do you think? Well, okay, let's just let's just read what he said, and they they all have to start with some sums who are like, I'm happy that it ended, <laughs> but we'll put it this way: they say I'm happy, but, and whenever you say yeah. I'm something, but. You're kind of, you're putting a qualification there. What's his qualification? So happy that elective abortion, I don't know why he put it that way. That's a red flag to me right there. Happy that elective abortion through viability is no longer the law of the land. So he's putting Hmm. weird caveats on it right off the bat that seems to say he's, he's okay with certain stages of abortion. Uh, Curious to see if actual net reduction exceeds uh, gut mockers, gut mockers, gut mockers. Is that how you say uh, that? 12% estimate. Oh, we're going to get some 
German, very angry at us, uh, <laughs> concerned that SCOTUS issued rulings this week uh, that will reduce death by abortion, but increase death by gun. So he, he oh. shifted the goalposts. He's like, I'm yeah. happy that abortion has ended, but gun violence. What? Yeah, because it's it really, really gun violence is the thing that we got to be worried about. Not the uh, 70 million unborn children who were massacred since 1973. No, it's the it's the like hundreds of people rather than the the millions of people who were killed. Yeah, the, the it's hundreds not outweigh even in the, the, same the millions league. of lives. No, no, it's, it's not. insane. And he, he continues on though, concerned that policies that support women and children are often opposed. But what policies that support women and children? Give us something, Phil. Uh, are opposed by those uh, of us who are the most opposed uh, to Roe. Longing hmm. for a consistent commitment to human flourishing. The only human flourishing is found in the redemption of Jesus Christ. Amen. Only human only, flourishing. The only true there is human no human flourishing, flourishing outside that. of that. Yeah. Yeah. Not in policies of the left and right. I think we mm. could spend the entire episode just talking about Phil Vischer, but so I'm not going to make any more comments because I will, I will rant in this episode. <laughs> uh, so Micah, do you have, give it, give us a, a, you know, a one minute brief on the, why, what Phil Vischer said there is dangerous, distracting, yes. and problematic. Yes. Um, so this is going to go for a lot of the things we'll read. This uh, narrative that Phil Vischer is putting out there is the womb to tomb narrative, which is to say that if you're not for uh, X, Y, and Z social policies regarding supporting women, um, which can include all sorts of um, things that really have nothing to do with actually supporting mothers, but I digress. If you're not for X, Y, and Z social policies, then really you're not pro-life. Because in order to be truly, really pro-life, like we are, you've got to be for um, you've got to be for all of these other things and not focus so much on the the lives of the unborn. That's that's really what's going on here. It's a distraction, um, the devil's distraction from the fact that unborn children are massacred and murdered and slaughtered by serial killing doctors at the behest and request of mothers. Oftentimes um, that's, that's what we should be focusing on. But these kinds of people who push this womb to tomb narrative that you have to be for life from womb to tomb, but mostly for the uh, to tomb part. Um, that's what these guys are really talking about. So Phil Vischer saying that, um, he's happy that that you know the Supreme Court has made this decision, but at the same time he's concerned that uh, pro-life people aren't pro-women. Well, the the reality is that abortion isn't about women. Abortion, the issue of abortion, oh. is about the God's command not to murder. So if you're concerned about more concerned about women having quality of life over. Uh, ensuring that the law of the land is thou shalt not murder. You've got your head on backwards. You need to get it straightened out and you've got your priorities backwards and you need to get those straightened out. So that's uh that's my take here on, um, on this particular issue. Well, the only comment I'll make on that is 
the Bible makes one thing very clear. Children are a blessing. Children are a blessing to women specifically. Motherhood is a gift and quality of life. Nothing will provide better quality of life in a woman's life than her role as a mother. That's right. That is biblical. That's what the Bible says. Now, that's not to say that you can't have a good life if for some reason you are a woman that cannot have uh, a child. Or, uh, you know, God has called you to a life, a single life in serving him. Those are real things. And God will provide for that person because he's called that person to that, uh, that specific role. But the general rule in the Bible is that children are a blessing. Children are. are a blessing to mothers. Motherhood is a gift and a yeah. massive gift and a massive opportunity. It's moms that train the next generation. It is. They need their dad it, too. But <laughs> homeschool was the the assumed way. And by homeschool, I mean the training up of a child, because that's really what schools have become is we're not just going to mm. educate you academically. We're going to train you. But yeah, again, turning off rant mode for a second. Uh, and okay. Phil Vischer, for those people who don't know, he's the creator of VeggieTales and he's now. Oh yeah. We forgot to mention the host of a <laughs> podcast called the Holy post, which has produced incredibly woke content. Uh, yeah, but Micah, uh, Justin, Justin Gaboni, who is he? And this, this quote's weird. So why, why do we have this quote on here? Okay. So Justin Gaboni is, uh, the co-founder, um, along with Michael Ware of, um, the organization, the and campaign, which is basically a campaign that tries to um, tries to appeal to moderate conservatives to persuade them to vote for the Democrat Party under the guise of Christian biblical um, teaching. And re in reality, all of their teaching is marred by, um, by demonic deception, um, because in order to vote for Democrats, you have to be engaged in that. There's no other way of putting that when an when entire party's platform is pro-murder. I'm sorry, that, that's just what it is. But Justin yep. Gaboni um, is a he's he's a uh, he's a lawyer he's he's an activist he's um, he's very very much a social justice warrior and a critical race theorist um, and a Democrat he's he's a pro Obama guy in fact um, I believe he he has uh, called himself a certified Obama apologist so. <laughs> That's the kind of guy that we're dealing with here. The reason that this uh, that this one is on here, it says this. Your chances of changing someone's mind about the SCOTUS overturning Roe versus Wade on social media today is about 0.001%. State your case, but I'd advise against spending your entire weekend engaged in combative social media drama. The, the reason that this is on here is because ultimately what Justin Gaboni is trying to do is shut up conservatives. He's, he's really not talking yeah. to leftists. He's really talking to people who hold the pro-life position um, who are going to be emboldened right now 
to go out and speak on this issue because we're, we've just been yeah. um, at least partially vindicated by the highest court of the land. Um, I'm not a judicial supremacist, obviously. I don't think that this really, um, th- that this r- ruling was even necessary to ab- abolish abortion, oh, but it's certainly a no. good first step in that direction. Um, and, yeah. and I am emboldened and I think everybody should be emboldened um, to be talking about this issue if we're conservative. So him saying that, your chances of changing somebody's mind is 0.001, you know, that's really all just jargon, um, which is designed to get you to not talk to other people, not try to persuade people that abortion is wrong, not try to persuade them that it's important um, for us to recognize um, the the opportunities that are now presented by the Supreme mm-hmm. Court ruling and the overturning of Roe versus Wade and the Dobbs uh, decision. Um, that that's what Justin Gaboni is talking about. And Justin Gaboni um, is, it, I, I'll put it this way. You can be sure that if Justin Gaboni is taking a side on an issue, it's because he wants, he, he thinks that there is a, an opportunity to use that um, to get people to vote in social justice, um, leftist, neo-Marxist policies. That's it's And just if you don't believe that, yeah, and if you don't believe that, we've got a, a another tweet here. And why we're using tweets is because they're simple, concise, and easier to use than entire articles. We also do have an article we're going to look at briefly. Uh, but it's just easier for this purpose to be able to bring you information. But we have a tweet from his organization, the AND campaign, that we'll look at in a little bit. But... Okay, we've got some of the the familiar faces in the fight on uh, social justice and wokeness. Uh, We've got J.D. Greer here, former president of the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, pastor of Megachurch, the Summit Church. Uh, I mean, there's pick an adjective in the evangelical world and you could put it on him. Uh, He's kind of connected to a lot, does a lot or at least hires people to do it for him, docent. Uh, But here's his comment on it. Hey, Summit family, with the overturning of Roe v. Wade, it's time to re-step up and offer ourselves to the most vulnerable in our community. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Connecting with our local outreach teams he capitalized that, so I'm wondering if that's something specific at his church he's talking about. Uh, Probably. To find out how you can serve partner organizations in the triangle or support adoption, foster care, and hashtag safe families. Uh, okay. J.D. Greer has been no stranger and has not hidden his uh, advocacy of woke causes, of Black Lives Matter, of of things of these nature uh he's been no stranger to the uh whole life pro-life uh idea and that's what he rather than just saying hey guys this is a a time to celebrate before we you know uh, and this is why we we're putting out the episode after the weekend because we wanted the weekend to be about celebrating 
Let's take a few yeah. days, celebrate what happened, and then put the gloves back on and continue the fight. That's right. That is not what he's doing. He's acting like, like hey, that's it. It's done. Boom. Abortion's done. Don't have to worry about it anymore. Now we can worry about the next thing, which is uh, the most you know stepping up for the vulnerable. Yeah, stepping up for the vulnerable in our communities, connecting with local outreach teams, find how you can serve partner organizations, uh, support adoption, foster care, and safe families. These are all good things, but he's wielding them in a way that distracts from the fact that there's a cause to celebrate, but there's a huge fight left ahead of us. Again, this yes, did not get right. it to the goal, and this didn't even... You know, this was momentum that was gained. That's really it. It's going to save some lives in the short term because of states that were too afraid to go against a Supreme Court ruling, not a law, Supreme Court ruling, and say, no, murder is illegal. But some of those mm -hmm. states have now gone and they've, they're restricting abortion. As far as I've seen, I have not seen one that has a true ban on abortion. I think there might be. I'm just saying I haven't read all of them. But mm -hmm. I think our friend right under him, Thabiti Anabwile from the Gospel Coalition, I think he's going to clarify a little bit more about the uh, what the woke plan is. Uh, yes. Yeah. Micah, do you want to you want to take on Thabiti? Don't yeah, Thabiti him up too uh, bad. By the way. By the way, his real name is Ron Burns. Uh, Thabiti Anyabwile yes. is his Muslim name um, because he he said that he started as a Christian and then he converted to Islam and now he's back to being a Christian. Ridiculous stuff. Um, not a trustworthy guy. Regardless, this is what Why he says. He? Oh, the man, SCOTUS ruling yeah. overturning Roe is one small but massively important step toward ending abortion. However... It does not end the practice, but return it to the states. Okay, so he's he's recognizing that. That's good. He's recognizing mm -hmm. that it doesn't end the thing. That's fine. It's awesome. a pyrrhic sounds victory great so if far. state. Yes, it sounds good so far. It's a pyrrhic victory if state and grassroots level work doesn't carry the work forward. One hundred percent agree. That's that is absolutely true. We need to be working for every individual state to abolish abortion. I don't think that's really what he means, though. Because he goes on and says, by carry the work forward, I mean the work to not just forbid abortion. So he's specifically stating that that's not really his goal. Um, not just to forbid abortion, but to A, make it unthinkable, and B, create conditions for women that help them escape the dreadful situation altogether. We must advance a pro-abundant life ethic that saves babies, serves mothers, and supports fatherhood. So remember, guys, I just talked about when we talked about Phil Vischer um, and Justin Gaboni, we discussed uh, the womb to tomb narrative. What Thabiti is doing here is he's 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 setting up uh, the second and third tweets with the first one. The first one is to appeal to us who are conservatives and abolitionists to make it sound mm -hmm. like he's agreeing with us. And then the, in the second and third one, he talks about this making abortion unthinkable. Well, what does he mean by that? What does he mean by making it unthinkable? Well, the reality is that he's basically saying 
make it the sort of thing to where women just, that's not a thought that crosses their mind is abortion. Mm -hmm. that, that's, that's what he's saying. Um, and so really he, he's utilizing that to then say, B, create conditions for women to help them escape the dreadful situation altogether. So, so the way that we can make it unthinkable so that women don't even think about abortion is if we uh, buy into a nebulous social justice plan to support women. So he's making it about feminism, ultimately, this idea that um, this idea yep. that that it's all about women and it's not really about the unborn children. It's it's really about women because because getting getting women the the money or the um, social status or whatever it is that they want. Maybe if we give them everything else they want, they won't be killing their children again. It's a distraction from the um, from God's commandment. Thou shalt not murder. That that's ultimately what the BDN Abuile um, is doing here. That is Ron Burns is doing here. I really got to stop saying the BD because it, it, that's not his name. That's not his name. I I don't want to call him by his Muslim name. Um, Ron Burns. So you're saying he should needs, just uh, take that name and thebeat it? <laughs> yeah, just just thebeat it. Um, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> And, and so then he talks about this abundant life thing, this pro-abundant life thing. Again, this is the same kind of narrative that, that people are pushing. It's this idea that, well, the church really doesn't do a good job of, um, of supporting women. And so that's really at the root of why unborn children are being killed. It's because of, of the churches, particularly the conservative churches, um, and, and really the implication there is white evangelical churches. That's who they're talking about. It's because of white evangelicals that uh, all these women feel like they need to go get abortions. And, and so the blood of the unborn is really on the hands of white evangelical Christians. That's what that, that's what the BDN Abuile is pushing. That's what all these people are pushing um, here. Ultimately, this this narrative is really, really sneaky, because if you look at this at, at first glance, you might just think that they're saying like, Oh, we should we should do more to adopt unborn children. We should do more to um, to try and give and show women that there are other options aside from abortion, like like putting their children up for adoption or foster care, um, or keeping their children um, and helping them uh, to do that by you know maybe buying them diapers and, and and things for the first year of the kid's life or even beyond that. You know maybe maybe helping out with food, maybe meal planning, and having the church community come around these people. That's what most people are thinking when they're hearing this stuff. But the real narrative behind it is that the abortion thing really isn't the issue, but that is the issue. Yeah, and that's what we but need to be focused on because otherwise. We are enabling, further enabling the murder of innocence. Yeah, and you so, cannot attach murder, murder of innocent. Okay, we. It's not even just murder. It's more of more akin to uh, child sacrifice that God judged yes. so harshly in uh, Canaanites in Israel when they did it. Uh, God has a special passion that burns against this kind of thing burns against crimes burns against crimes against uh children and especially babies so yeah trying to equate that kind of murder to uh 
quality of life is quality of life. Uh, because we have insane quality of life in the United States. So they're talking more about the excesses of life, but, but trying to equate yeah, it's basically quality saying of life if you're not, with if you're murder, not indulging people's gluttonous uh, desires, then you're not really fully pro-life. And it's like, no, actually the, I am against gluttony as well. So <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, it, because ultimately that's what it is. Gluttony isn't just about food and drink. It, it really is about indulging, overindulging in all of the excesses of life. It's, it's fine to enjoy life if you're able to do that. It's fine to, um, to, to, to eat of the fruit of your labors. It really is. But the reality is that when a child's life is at stake, you better be willing to put down the fruits of your labors to help those children. Um, if it is within your power to do so, that's your responsibility as a human being, as a Christian, especially. Yeah. It's insane. Well, we've got, we've got more to cover here though. So, so let's keep moving on here, Kyle. We've got, (laughs) we've got Karen Swallow Pryor interacting with another account (laughs) called John Piper's seashell collection. Um, so you want to break some of this down for us here? Kyle, uh, so who, who is Karen Swallow-Pryor and one. why is this important? Yeah, we're going to have to talk about this one and then read it in a slightly different order than just straight down so that you get the, the full picture. But so Karen Swallow-Pryor right. yeah. is rapidly, and she apparently she knows it because her, her handle also includes Notorious KSP. Uh, she knows she's notorious at this point, but she has rapidly become one of the uh, foremost figures of wokeness in the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, she's a professor at Southeastern Baptist Theological Society. She's caught up in all sorts of controversies and abuses and other things. Uh, she's kind of the SBC's, on the controversy side, the woke controversy side, she's kind of the new Beth Moore of the SBC. Uh, mm. Now, the SBC has a different woman that they want to be the Beth Moore replacement, but that's, and she's woke too. That's something else. (laughs) So Karen Swallow Pryor, who is no, saying controversial things about abortion is not new to her. Uh, We're not going to talk about past things. We're only going to talk about responses to uh, the current situation, but it is worth noting that she said that she'd rather have 50 more years of abortion rather than see it ended connected to Donald Trump. That's how evil this woman is. So her, her reaction is our work now is just starting, which is true. Our work is just starting. Abortion isn't ended. We have, you know, the vast majority of the work to do to get it ended. But is that what she means? We must help and support moms, dads, and babies. Love them all. And in doing so, make abortion unimaginable. Um, no. I mean, that's more of the, the womb to tomb. Again, she's spiking the ball in the middle of the field, acting like we just scored a touchdown and abortions ended. No, we haven't. Mm-hmm. But what is, uh, what is John Piper's seashell? Uh, what do the seashells have to say about this? Uh, speaking from the ocean, they said... This will never happen on some level unless the vast majority of pro-lifers 
who are mostly fiscal conservatives support taxing the ever-loving expletive out of, oh my, John Piper, you need to get new seashells, uh, out of the rich and unapologetically redistributing the money to pregnant moms. What? Mm. And not relying on private charities alone. So Mm. I'll make one comment on government versus charity. Every statistic you will find, charity is exponentially more efficient than government. Government, you're usually only seeing about 15 cents of every dollar in a good situation going to the uh, recipient, as opposed to charities, which are 80 cents out of every dollar or better. And a good charity should be above 90 and above 95. Uh, Karen responds to this tweet by saying, exactly, and posting one of her articles on the matter. Mm. What in the world? So she is in favor. She thinks to end abortion and to properly take care of mothers, we need to have wealth redistribution. And that is the real, the real battle now is socialism. Yeah. In her mind, the real battle now is implementing socialism. Kyle, didn't you know that, that actually money is more important than the lives of the most vulnerable? That is the, the, the truly most vulnerable, which are unborn children. I'm trying to have a good attitude about this, but I'm about ready to go St. Nicholas and slap a heretic here. Uh, yeah, uh. Yeah, I agree. Even I if it is a woman, burning up inside with just this whole issue. Uh, I mean, hey, but, we we live in a day where people don't know what a woman is. So, I mean, you well, couldn't be blamed for 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 slapping a heretic here. But no, folks, we're 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 just kidding, sort of, um, <laughs> about that part. But yeah, it we're is just trying to make sure though. we don't get too angry. Yeah, we got we've got a joke about it. We gotta we gotta make light of it, or else we're just gonna get furious. I'll punch my TV over here. Um, but <laughs> um, no, the 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 reality though is is that Karen Swallow Pryor and whoever this seashell um, individual is, these people are engaging in the same narrative. I mean, it, it, she starts her tweet off with this idea that the work is just beginning, which is so true, and we all agree about that, except that we don't because. She doesn't mean what the Bible means. She doesn't mean what we mean. Um, she doesn't mean what anybody who is truly, genuinely pro-life or abolitionist means. What she means is that we've got to redistribute wealth in a social justice um, idealized kind of... I mean, mm-hmm. socialism is one way to put it, but really like communism is, is probably a better way to put it because it's forced redistribution. It's not even like at that point voluntary or... or or anything like that. It's it's it, it is straight up a communist ideal ideological position that she's promoting as being a um, acceptable and, and not just acceptable, but something that is a moral imperative, and b so much of a moral imperative that it's more important than the lives of the unborn. So that's yeah. what we've come. She to said the quiet part out people. loud. She she the, did. Well, she said the quiet part out loud. She said what the reality is. And the reality is that the uh, womb to tomb pro-life 
is an attempt to implement Marxism. But yeah. so we've got another tweet down here from Beth Moore because uh, she has to comment on anything. Uh, this is in <laughs> response to Karen's tweet. It's further down in the, the thread. And Beth Moore, former Southern Baptist, now Anglican, uh, who has just made herself the most social justice warrior uh, of evangelical social justice warriors. She is just itching to take up a cause. Uh, I am so sorry is, for all of the conservative Anglicans out there who have to deal with Beth Moore now. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, the Anglican Church is no yes. better than the SBC. In fact, it's significantly worse off now. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know um, one one uh, Anglican priest who's still conservative. One, um, and I know of, I know of one other. But uh, it, regardless, I feel bad for you two guys. You guys, you guys must have it really <laughs> rough right now, <laughs> having to yeah, deal with Beth more. <laughs> it shows why separation is important and why any remaining conservatives in not Episcopalians, Anglicans, Anglican Church in North America, they need to get out now. Uh, oh, yeah. Because their, their, quote, conservative denomination did not last very long. Uh, yeah. But I don't know too much about the fight there, and we're not talking about the fight there. Uh, but Beth Moore's comment is, yes, step up, church. Take responsibility for the fact that pro-life is either pro-all-life which is, which is in step with the truth of the gospel. What? I don't think she knows what the gospel is then. Uh, yep. Or pro-some life, which for many is in step with political expediency. Unborn slash born, babies slash girls slash women need immense support, compassion, care. There they go, manipulating the compassionate instincts of conservatives again. This is uh, this is how they get you, folks. They they try to make everything about care, uh, care versus harm. Um, if you're at all familiar with Jonathan Haidt's um, moral uh, moral paradigm theory, the um, the moral foundations theory, the th this response is essentially saying. If you really care about life, then you're going to care about all of these other things, too, just as much. Again, it is the conflation of the quality of life with mm -hmm. the importance of life itself. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a common theme. This is what we're seeing through every single one of these tweets that we're going through. And by the way, we were looking for all these, but we weren't trying to weave together this narrative. We were just trying to go over the response of woke people um, that, mm -hmm. we've, that we've outlined uh, either on our website or are going to outline on our website, uh, Wikipedia. Uh, well, it will be wokipedia.com coming soon, but uh, enemieswithinthechurch.com. Um, and you go to Wikipedia. What we're trying to do is we're trying to just analyze what are they saying about this issue. Um, we're not trying yeah. to weave this narrative together. They're weaving it for us, guys. This is literally all of them saying the same kinds of things. It's like oh, they've yeah. got a group and chat or something where they all plan this <laughs> in advance. It really is. But yeah. but no, really, they have the same ideological ties. And so when they think these things through and they talk them through out loud – they come to the same conclusions because if you have the faulty premise, you're going to come to that same faulty conclusion every single time.
time. That's how logic works. And they, they have um, multiple faulty premises. So they come to multiple of the same faulty conclusions. Beth Moore is no exception yeah. in this case. Um, when she talks about unborn slash born slash baby slash girl slash women, she's trying to make the argument that um, people who are already born deserve just as much care and attention, if not more, because there's more of them. See, there's 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 more people who are in the categories of born babies, girls, women than there are in the category of unborn. This is another psychological trick that they use because the unborn is just one category of people. Yeah. That's what they would. That's, this is how they go about it. Um, these the, there are so many other kinds of people. And if you're really just focusing on the one, you need to be focusing way more on the others because you're you're being disproportionate in your focus if you're not talking about all of these other kinds of women um in particular so the at, at the most at the most generous reading of it it's a distraction yeah. at the oh, yeah. most absolute generous but absolutely when you add, factor in what is a distraction from and it's a distraction from the murdering of babies oh boy mm. Oh yeah, boy. You've got a big problem uh, on your hands there. Yeah. And so we need to speed it up a little bit. We're we need to mention the what the Ann campaign said here because we yes. brought up both we brought up uh an Ann campaign leader, Justin Gaboni, and this ironically was also uh retweeted by Karen Swallow Pryor. Uh and it, it it's a simple one. It's straightforward. We've already talked about this. Uh, our conviction to help suffering women and children should match our convictions regarding the unborn. Okay, same thing. Uh, wound to tomb, whole life, uh, pro-life. Uh, but, conflating but Kyle, notice, quality of life Notice the Freudian slip there. Death. K Kyle, notice the Freudian slip there. Did you see what he said? He, he, he said... Suffering women and children should match our convictions regarding the unborn. What does that say? Mm -hmm. It says that he doesn't regard the unborn as actual children. The, the Anne campaign, mm -hmm. um, who, the people who are behind it, which is Michael Ware and Justin Gaboni, they don't consider the unborn to actually be children. Otherwise, they would have talked about um, they would have talked about it in that specific kind of way, but they specifically oh, yeah. say help suffering women and children, our, our, our conviction to help them should match our convictions regarding the unborn because well, the unborn I, to them aren't really children. What, it's, it's what do they wicked. end? Yeah. What do they end the tweet with? What do they end the tweet? Pro women and pro child. Yeah. No. And so pro they're, they're not actually even pro life, not even pro uh, baby, not even pro unborn. They're revealing their bias of where they want us to put the focus on. Yeah. Women and children, basically. It's like it's like the WIC. They're like they're basically like, OK, guys, instead of focusing on abortion, you got to focus on the WIC program. The, the <laughs> You have to focus on donating your your money um, to the government uh, sponsored programs for for women and children. Um, who who need welfare? Like that's that's really what they're getting at with this, and it's despicable because the the language that they use they don't even realize this, 
but it is a Freudian slip that just goes to show mm-hmm. um, that they're not concerned about the unborn at all. They're concerned about women and children. And even then, my, se- my sense is that they're only concerned about that nominally because this is how they can further advance well, it, a social yeah. justice Democrat agenda. This isn't, they, they're tool. not even really concerned about children um, and women because they don't necessarily care that much about whether those children and women or whether unborn children um, get to uh, grow up to become, um, well, you know, the female ones at least, grow up to become women. Um, they're not concerned about that as much. They're concerned about those who are already alive right now just because it's convenient. Um, despicable stuff. Uh, we've also got, uh, since we're speeding this up here, on the same note, because we talked about Justin Gaboni, who's the, the first half of the end campaign, we've also got Michael Ware. Um, and Michael Ware is um, an Obama, a former Obama uh. staffer who helped run his campaigns. Um, so uh, that should just give you the kind of idea, a kind of idea of who that guy is. Um, he's a hardcore Democrat who, again, um, like the rest of the, uh, and campaign's mission is trying to appeal to moderate conservatives, um, to vote Democrat. Michael Ware is very partisan. Like there's no, yes, if, ands or buts with Michael Ware. He's very partisan. He's very upfront and obvious about it. Uh, yeah, you know, there's... and he might he might criticize like Biden or something a few times on Twitter um, just to make it look like he's really unbiased. But the 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 data could not be more clear if you look at what he writes and if you look at what he says on Twitter. If you look at the books that he's written um, or the book that he's written, I don't know if he's written multiple, but there's one of them. Um, if if you actually analyze what he says. It's it's just it's plain to see he's just a Democrat operative um, trying to yeah. piggyback off of Christianity to gain more votes for the left. Um, he says this on one final note, uh, and this is from an article he wrote due in large part to the issue of abortion. Christianity has become identified as a partisan force in the imagination of many Christian and non-Christian Americans alike. With Dobbs, pro-life Christians should reassess their policy preferences and priorities. Single-issue voting on abortion may no longer be justified, if it ever was. Essentially what he's saying there, he's not talking about um, single-issue voting in the sense of uh, voting uh, Republican or abstaining from voting, depending upon um, whether they are pro-life. No, he's talking about voting... Um, Republican versus Democrat. So he's already buying into Duverger's law. Um, and he's saying, uh, which we'll talk about in another episode. Um, I, I don't want to get too far into the weeds with that. But he, he's basically saying that it is now going to be something um, that should be acceptable for conservatives to to look at and say, well, this this life issue doesn't really matter as much anymore. This issue of um, whether the unborn get to live or whether they get to die just really shouldn't be influencing how I vote. I should be voting based on all these other factors uh, that I should take into account into into my calculations and equations that I do before I go to the ballot box um, and choose who I'm going to vote for. This is 
Michael Ware's strategy. He says that Christianity has become identified as a partisan force. Now, the reality is that that's true in, in, in the sense that people do tend to um, view Christianity as an exclusively Republican thing. Some people do. There are some people who really think that. But the reality is that Christianity, um, there are plenty of Christians who recognize that the Republican Party is not perfect either. That's why they talk about people being Republican in name only or rhinos. That's why <laughs> there's such a huge opposition to that um, and why people are looking for alternatives to that. I mean, if there were another party that that were in power that uh, or in a position to have power or to gain power, um, I'm sure there would be plenty of people who vote Republican right now who are cr Christians, who are conservatives, who are biblical Christians. Um, who would vote for another party if they were going to do a better job. It just so happens that yep. a lot of people um, buy into the idea that there, um, that there are really only two viable parties. And uh, there's, uh, and so we just got to make the best of the lesser of two evils um, and vote Republican. The fact of the matter though, is that regardless of whether that's the kind of reasoning that you use or whether um, you only specifically vote for Exodus 1821 candidates um, who match God's standard, the, the reality is that no biblical Christian has ever said in the past half a century or more that it is acceptable to vote for Democrats. That, that is not a Christian position, precisely because no. the Democrat platform is founded upon a cult of death. The same cult of Moloch Essentially, that's kind of what we're seeing reincarnated, just Ugh. as you were talking about earlier, Kyle. Sorry, I'm going on a rant here, but I, I, want, I want you to get some of your thoughts in here. What, what do you think about this? Well, I'll make one thing incredibly clear to everyone, and especially to uh, Michael Ware, that uh, the idea that single-issue voting is dead, that is not true. It matters now more than ever because we have some momentum, but the job isn't done. Michael Ware, you are trying to derail the momentum. You're evil. Yeah. It couldn't be I won't any say clearer. anything else. Not, not, you won't get a comment from me from there that's going to be anything nicer than that. Well, um, I'm upset. I, quite frankly, I think that was... I think that was being generous to Michael Ware, but <laughs> we'll, we'll move on here. So we've got Justin Gaboni again. Roe v. Wade has been overturned. Time to double down on protecting, supporting, and advocating for sisters with crisis pregnancies, pro-woman and pro-child. They, they say that narrative again, pro-woman and pro-child. By the way, that and in there is obviously a part of their branding that's not a part of uh that's not a part yeah, of any the, particular their logo is um, the uh the ampersand that within, and in the center. uh parentheses yep yep so pro woman and pro child roe v wade has been overturned time to double down on protect so he's he doesn't even talk about children in this he talks only about supporting and advocating sisters with crisis pregnancies he, he's not even talking about children he doesn't even refer to children he, he refers to them as pregnancies. Um, and so we got to be and, focusing on advocating for the women, not for the children that are in the wombs of those women. Um, same, same sort of thing going on. 
Kyle, do you want to take this next one and uh, give us a breakdown of Joel A. Bowman uh, Sr.'s tweet here? Because this one's a funny one. I, I think this one's pretty humorous here. So not that Joel or not that Mr. Mr. Bowman is the biggest name in evangelicalism. Uh, he's not. He's I've never heard of this guy in my life. Claims to be a Christian, <laughs> uh, but he tagged. Uh, a lot of woke people. So I saw this one multiple times because it popped up in their feeds. Uh, and it seems that some people have interacted with it, it, interacted with it. But the content, again, he, it's another moment of saying the quiet part out loud. So what if white evangelicals worked as hard the last 50 years at fighting racism as they did trying to overturn Roe v. Wade? Just thinking out loud. Hmm. Okay. Again, quality of life versus murder. And beyond that, Christians have fought against racism in the past 50 years. And what racism are you talking about? Are you talking about systemic racism? Are you talking about CRT? Are you talking about actual instances of racists doing racist things? What are you talking about? But again, he, he's conflating two separate things to try and guilt white evangelicals. And he this one, he specifically mentioned white evangelicals. The yeah. implication here is their fight against Roe, and in reality, their fight against uh, abortion, is the zeal they had is unjustified. Mm -hmm. And that they needed yeah. to have, either have as much zeal or tone back their, their zeal to match their zeal. I don't even know what he wants. It's well, not a full so thought, I think it's pretty clear. But it says some of the, the, the quiet things out loud. It says something important out loud that they don't normally say, which is there are other things that are more important to them. And they blame white evangelicals. They really do. And I, I think that one of the um, one infuriating. of the most, well, it's it is super infuriating. One of the most clear parts about this is um, is the fact that he's tagging people like Jamar Tisby. Jamar Tisby is one of the number one pushers of critical race theory. So when this guy is talking mm -hmm. about racism, um, he is without a doubt in my mind talking about it from the perspective of somebody who listens to people um, and interacts with people who are pro CRT. So the very definition of racism that he has, by the way, is not going to be the same as the definition of racism. Um, that is the objective definition that, uh, white evangelicals uh, that he's talking about would share. And by the way, white evangelicals are some of the most, um, they are so anti-racism, uh, in, not in the leftist sense, but they're, they're, they're terrified of being called racists for the most part. They have been for many, many decades, um, in large part due to, to Hollywood, uh, Hollywoodized programming, um, and, uh, and, and fear mongering about the subject. Like you don't want to be called a racist about anything. 
Um, now that the definition of racism has basically advanced just to include anybody who's white, just purely on the basis that they are white. Um, yeah, of course, we're not going to be anti-racist in the way that you want us to be because we're not anti-white people because we recognize that white people, too, are made in the image of God. So this guy's really in, incorporating this critical race theory narrative that white people are just these evil um, individuals who um, who really just don't care about people uh, uh, who, who are um, uh, of other backgrounds and ethnicities. They just... The, and they're not really, um, they're not afraid of racism. Really, we just kind of accept racism covertly in our institutions and things like that. The reality, though, is that if if you, if that's how you think about evangelicals, if you think that we just care about the unborn um, and, and all, none of us really care about racism, you haven't been paying attention to history um, because you can care about both at the same time. You, you can. Um okay. It, but yeah, but the, the other but, thing. But and here's the thing: you you wouldn't have the woke hold on Big Eva. You wouldn't have all these guys succeeding if white people weren't deathly afraid. Uh, white Christians, in particular, weren't deathly afraid of being called a racist, because it is through that guilt, that feeling of um, guilt for systemic racism and, and whatever else that these woke people have been able to have influence. Those people are the reason why Jamar Tisby is in a position of prominence within b big evangelicalism. Um, so it, really, he's just trying to um, use that same tactic and take advantage of the fear of white, that white evangelicals have of being labeled as racists um, and, and utilize this uh, to, to try to demotivate us, demoralize us, and take away our impetus to fight against the murder and the slaughter of the unborn. It's This is another one of those tweets where I'm like, the mind behind this cannot be described as anything less than evil. Wait, we're so dead to the idea, to the reality of the evil that is abortion. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, and to Nothing. try to equate racism with that, by the way, is ridiculous. First of all, um, yeah. First of all, murder and racism are not on the same level. Maybe you watch no. a little bit too much television if you think that murder um, and racism are on, uh, or, or racism is actually somehow worse or equal to murder. You've got a huge problem on your hands because, uh, let me tell you this, friend, uh. you will not find that in the Bible. There is nowhere in Scripture where it equates those things. Murder well, they bought is in, most they bought into the lie. They wicked. bought to at least a certain degree, they bought into the lie that an unborn baby is less than human. Yeah. Even when they admit that a, you know, a, an unborn baby is human, is alive, is made in the image of God. Even when they admit that, they still diminish it. Like yeah, and they somehow make location is is less valuable, and it hurts. It hurts. It I mean, we've got to we've got to understand. I mean, this is the issue of our time. Abortion is the issue of our time. Now we're Wikipedia. We're fighting against wokeness. We're all about that fight, but it's still dwarfed by abortion. Amen. But if we don't stop wokeness. It's, it's 
there's no chance of turning the culture around for Christ. And if you can't turn the culture around for Christ, you're not going to really make much headway in abortion either. Uh, right. But, it, but again, we got to be clear that even if it were the case that, that the United States were, was this Im- immensely racist country and that white Christians were so guilty of racism, which they're not, but if they were, um, that still wouldn't justify trying to put this emphasis on the racism issue because that's mm. a quality of life issue at most. Whereas abortion is just an issue of life or death. Like yeah. you cannot get more fundamental than that. So uh, we'll, we'll move exactly. on from that because we do want to get to, we want to, we want to get through the rest of these and then we want to get to a gospel coalition article um, here. Well, at, at this the point end we're, here. we're over an hour, so we're not going to, we're not going to have time to do that gospel coalition article. Uh, what we're going to head, go uh, ahead and do is we're going to finish off with uh, Zach Lambert's tweet here, uh, who is a kind of mid-level evangelical guy within the SBC uh, who has been kind of a provocateur when it comes to the sex abuse issue uh, and attacking conservatives. But we'll finish off with this, and then we'll do uh, some sort of follow-up with the uh, the Gospel Coalition article because it says one line in particular is the worst take I've seen on the whole issue so far. It is that yep. bad. Uh, yeah, you guys, you guys have no idea what's in store for you. We'll uh, we'll make this a two part episode, I guess, and uh, we'll release uh, we'll re- release another episode later this week. But yeah, go ahead and uh, describe for us. What's going on with this Zach W. Lambert tweet? Who is this guy oh, and what is he saying? Oh, God. Oh, my. Uh, let's just read it. I really wish the Christians who are celebrating the overturning of Roe could see the anxious and fearful messages I've been getting from women in our congregation all day. So he's, again, he's one of these huge believe all women survivor advocate guys within the SBC. He's a uh, simp. Yeah. <laughs> and, see, but you see that coming out here too. He's, oh, but the women are victims. Uh, what? Of what? Uh, that they can't murder their babies anymore? What is he talking about? Uh, maybe take a break from your online victory lap. Online victory laps about, about abortion being, you know, what could potentially be the beginning of the end for it. We've got some momentum. States are starting to have already been starting to take up the reins uh, of this fight. And this has unshackled some of the uh, political fear of moving forward. Lives are actually being saved. No, this is, this is a time for victory laps. It's a time for victory laps where we shout, you know, we've got the momentum. Keep going. Come on, guys reform the line. We're going to take it all the way to the end zone. We're going to score. We're going to end it. Uh, maybe take a break from your online victory laps and listen, listen to people who are really hurting right now. And then he, he clarifies a little bit. He emphasizes a little bit more. If being encouraged to listen to someone else's perspective, dude, we are talking about murder, murder, 
I don't, I don't need care about else's someone perspective else's perspective. God's perspective is so clear that if you do not, if you have a question about that, you have not read the Bible. Murder. If being encouraged to listen to someone else's perspective and fulfill the biblical imperative to mourn with those who mourn makes you angry. No, sir. I mourn with 70 million dead babies That's who right. unfortunately cannot mourn with me. 70 million. Give or take. Mm. Just in this country. That Murdered makes me angry when you try and make it about women who are upset that they can, that that might be under threat, that their ability to kill their child might be under threat. No, I'm oh, not. No, you might not them. be able to go party out late at night because you have a child to take care of. Oh no, you might not be able to go hook up with that guy uh, that you've been you've been eyeing for a while. Um, the it, it's insane. You, you might not be able to go. Um, do X, Y, and Z. You might not be able to go travel and fulfill your lifelong dreams of being an independent woman. No, the, these things are not, these things don't matter in comparison. They don't. Absolutely, Kyle. I'm with you. I'm in with the you. end, they will leave you unfulfilled and leaving you feeling burdened. Child, if you love them, take care of them, especially you know Christ and you train that child to know Christ, you will feel not burdened. You will feel successful, fulfilled, and free. Uh, but let's just Amen. send it off. If a pastor calling for hurting people in the, their congregation, so he's talking about people in his congregation that are upset that they can't murder their babies uh, or might not be able to murder their babies anymore. Again, it didn't end it. Uh, if a pastor caring for hurting people in their congregation makes you yell at them as yourself, I think ask yourself why that mm -hmm. is. no, why that is, is because you are a false teacher, a false pastor who is not training his congregation to respect God, to respect God's law, to respect life. You are training your people to not view murder as murder. So they are upset that they may not be able to continue to murder their babies. That's right. That is why I'm upset. And, Zach, and if anybody, lest anybody who watches this think that thinks that you're being too harsh, Kyle, think about what you would be saying if it were a two-year-old who were murdered. Because the reality is that there is no difference um, in God's eyes between someone who is two years old, someone who is freshly born, someone who uh, has just been conceived. All of them are persons. The Bible is very clear about God making and forming persons in the womb, not just clumps of cells, not just inanimate objects. These are people. These, These are, are people. people. And they are being slaughtered mercilessly. So if you wouldn't have, if, if you wouldn't have a two-year-old uh, slaughtered in that way, then you better rethink your aversion to people being harsh on this subject. You, you better ask yourself, why are you so uncomfortable when someone gets passionate and heated about a, a, a subject like this? Because the reality is that if you're not able, if you're not allowed to get upset about murder, then what are you allowed to get upset about? Now, this is a godly, 
righteous. Zach anger. Lambert, he gets upset about uh, claims of sexual abuse, and yeah, gets upset about uh, false claims <laughs> in regards to that in the SBC. Uh, he's done some things, but he's he's detached from reality. That's what he is. He's, he's detached, detached from, from reality. reality. He, he has filled his mind with lies, and it, it, just like all of these people have filled their minds with lies, and now they're rationalizing it and trying to insert those lies into the minds of, of other people who would listen to them. Listen, listen, folks, we would love to sit and talk so much more about all of these responses, and there's a lot that we left out of this episode. Oh, um, yeah. But there is another episode coming um on the gospel coalition article and so stay tuned look forward to that one later in the in the week we're going to try to get another episode out if we can um here before the uh before the end of the week um and uh and just be in prayer with us because oh yeah this is a momentous occasion the overturning of roe versus wade i didn't know if i would see it in my lifetime because Roe versus Wade was decided in 1973. That's over 20 years before I was even born. Um, and I'm so thankful that my parents did not choose to abort me. Um, and every single one of you watching this needs to take into account the fact that your parents chose life. Ultimately, that's the reason that you're here and able to listen to our program. But there are so many children, those 70 million who have been aborted, who didn't get that chance. And there are many other children um, who may not get that chance in the future if we don't work uh, and, and do do the best that we can to work for the abolition of abortion. So so pray with us, if you would. Pray that God would um, do a mighty work and that this wouldn't just be a first mm -hmm. step that's taken and then abandoned, but that this would be a f one first step among many other steps um, that would follow in rapid succession that would help us to abolish this wicked, wicked practice of sacrificing children on the altar of feminism, on the altar of, of modern Moloch. Um, be in prayer with us about that. Also, um, we want to encourage you to be engaged with your local church. Um, particularly, we want you to be engaged with local churches at Planned Parenthood. Go outside of these places and preach the gospel. Praise the Lord outside of the uh, gates of hell, because that's really... Um, kind of what's going on there. They, these are these are Satan's gates, Satan's strongholds. Go outside of these places, praise God, preach the gospel, um, be a shining light on the hill um, with other believers, um, and uh, offer your services. By the way, in defense of churches and, and pregnancy centers um, that are uh, around your area, because the the leftists um we 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 started this off with uh, talking about leftist responses to um the roe versus wade over, uh, the roe versus wade being overruled and uh, the dobbs decision um but the the reality is that the, there are so many leftists who are angry enough um that they're threatening violence against uh churches yeah. and and many churches and plan, uh, not planned parenthoods goodness not planned parenthoods but pregnancy centers um, have been vandalized, um, have been threatened by uh, pro-murder activists. Um, we would encourage you to, um, if you're able to, offer your services in defense of those places, if you're able to do so safely and legally. Um, and we pray uh, that God would bless those of you who are in the fight with us, those of you who are allied with us. Um, and uh, and uh, we, we're ultimately hoping 
that uh, we would be able to see, live to see the victory of God um, over the strongholds of the devil in our lifetime. Um, and we want you to join us on that mission. Oh, yeah. Guys, this is, this is a great occasion, but it's a great occasion because we have some momentum. There's so much work to be done. This is fight is not over. It's time for everyone to wake up. Everyone that's been asleep, everyone that's been kind of defeated, been, you know, feeling like it's something that won't happen, abortion won't be ended. Time to wake up, time to get up, time to get out there, time to go. And yeah, don't let these and push your legislators too. derail you. Goodness. Goodness. Yeah. We, we, we've had enough of pietism. We need people to push their legislators to, um, to, to, to promote bills, um, it, produce and promote bills and vote for bills that would abolish abortion in every state mm -hmm. of the union. If, if you're listening to us, we want you to be contacting um, your officials in government and giving them um, a, a piece of your mind ultimately um, and asking them to join you in this. Um, we, we also um, would request that if you have anybody in your local churches who are um, engaged uh, in the, um, not, not engaged in the fight actually, but w we want you to talk to us about people who have had similar responses to all of these um, pro uh, baby murder, um, or at least, um, or at least these people who are soft woke. Um, if you've got people who are pro-baby murder or who are soft woke in your churches, uh, particularly leaders, um, we're not just looking for um, everyday laypersons, but if you've got yeah. leaders who have gone soft on this issue or who have gone full woke on the issue, we want you to tell us at contactwokepedia at gmail.com. That is contactwokepedia at gmail.com. Um, so that we can get profiles out on them and investigate the situations um, in real time. Uh, we thank you for joining us, mm -hmm. folks, and uh, we um, we pray that you uh, would engage in this fight and be strengthened by what has happened on Friday with this overturning of Roe versus Wade. Um, and we pray to see you next time on the Wokipedia podcast. Signing off, this is your host, Micah Sample. And this is Kyle Witt. Remember, guys, don't go woke. Don't go or woke. You might lose perspective on reality so far that you think it's okay to murder babies. Goodbye.